Hello. Hey who? What's up? Nothing, G. Just watching the game, having a brew. What's up with you? Nothing. Watching TV, having a brew. True. True. Welcome to Jolly Dollars. Uh, we are the twenty. 20- 2nd of uh, June and that's midsummer in Sweden so it's pretty cool day in a really good weather in uh, Engelholm and uh, yeah that's episode 2 of uh, Jolly Dollars and uh, today we'll be more about uh, the context about uh, Jolly Dollars because we haven't started on this on purpose um, because I we wanted to introduce you know the main uh, subjects of the podcast but now it would be more context about the creator slash creators of uh, this podcast. Unfortunately, today I won't have um, uh, my amazing friend uh, Rich. Uh, he won't. He was not available today, but I will do it by myself. But I invited another good friend, which is the <laughs> this handy handy recorder. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a joke. But th- this recorder is is um, uh, a way to show that I want to upgrade my game. Uh, at every podcast, I just want don't want to remain like the same quality at the beginning. I just want to raise it up a little bit. So, and um, it's just a friend that uh, lent it to me, so I'm really thankful. So yes, welcome to episode two, and this is uh, the title. Of this is my journey. So, who am I? So basically, my name is Nate. I'm uh, this French guy that is working in Sweden. Uh, work in a hypercar um, factory uh, in Engelhorn, like uh, probably one of the most cute and peaceful uh, village I I know. I'm not comparing in Sweden. I'm comparing all the villages I've been in, including my hometown. Um, but yeah, just just to keep in the in the um, in the circle uh, in the spectrum of uh, Charlie's daughters. Uh, we will share a lot of things about, of course, uh, the journeys, uh, but also things about leadership. So, of course, the main main themes are motorsports, business, and uh, uh, private aircraft sales. But it's also have a big focus on leadership and uh, yeah, everything that is around leadership. And it, it's funny because I was looking at uh, you know some uh, my uh, logbook. You know, I wrote some notes, personal notes or uh, adventures that I that uh, stick to my mind. And actually, not on my um, on my yeah, uh, I don't know how to say that. But I, I'm I'm a private pilot. Um, I have uh, the PPL license. It's called so I can like fly with the four piston engines. Um, one propeller, obviously, and uh, four seaters, so you can bring four, three passengers, which is which is pretty cool. And I just passed uh, uh, my uh, single engine pilot rating. Uh, I think it was not last week. Yeah, it was last week. Tuesday last week. And um, but I've been starting this journey of being a pilot like a long time ago, and I I, I just found. This uh, printed email that my dad uh, sent me it was the third of April two thousand eleven, and here's the context. You know, when 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 you need to to pass the PPL, you have the the first uh, the theoric uh, exam. So you have to to achieve uh, the exam, you have to have 
75% of good answers on every module, whether it's the, you know, the weather, uh, navigation, management, uh, human factors, um, knowledge about the, 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 the aircraft. And I've been failing this so, so many times. I've probably been failing five or six times because I was failing at probably 5% or 10%. Uh, just on one module, which was like the, the big module, and my father has been following me on a journey, and it's thanks to my parents, and I'm fine actually. They just uh, I've been starting, I think, uh, when I was 15 years old, and um, yeah, it's been you know back to the, the email. He he just wanted me to, to to keep carry on, you know, to to carry on on the on the journey. Sorry guys, just just excuse me sometime for my English. I just try my best with the accent and also how I structure my phrases. But but I will upgrade every time. But anyway, uh, this email I, I just read it uh, and it's literally seven years ago. And it's funny because uh, in the the Bible, seven years is like the holy number. But whatever, it's just something I came to my mind and and the my dad just encourage me to 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 embrace the journey and to not give up it's pretty simple but it's you know literally i have that's two pages that it wrote oh sorry one and a half pages and uh his main message was the core message was like it's this 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 the fact that you are failing makes you humble it's humbling yourself uh, because when you will get there, you won't take it for granted. And it's definitely true. <laughs> I just read this email like seven years after. And it's crazy, like, you know, when I see the, the progress, uh, like from the, the first flight, that started flying, first flight, it was just, I, I had the, the commands uh, for the first flight, and they just push you uh, straight in the cockpit, and it's like, okay, man, just take the... You know, um, the stick, just take the, the throttle handle and just, you know, follow what I do. And so I was starting my journey on a Robin DR400. It was 120 horsepower. Um, and uh, I was starting learning with a, it's a former fighter pilot in the French Army. I, I have to admit, he was pretty, pretty rough with me because he knew from the get-go that I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Okay, I, yeah. Guys, that's another story. Our, my, my big dream was to be a fighter pilot. And it was not only a dream. I actually was really close to become one. But that's probably another podcast. Um, but yeah, from the start, the time I started flying, and I, at the time I actually got the PPA license, like my license to fly alone with passengers within France. Uh, I think it was like... At least more than maybe six years, something like this. But anyway, um, it took some times. But I remember when I passed the PPL, it was when I was working for Robin Aircraft. So those, it's a small um, uh, uh, private birds uh, that are, were made out of wood and fabric, and they're really solid, really fun to to, to fly, really forgiving, and they can like a lot of people um, consider them as. Uh, Horses of work. Uh, I don't know if you can say work horses, whatever, you know, those big tough horses that carry um, uh, trees and this kind of stuff. Um, 
uh, yes, so, the, so that was really fun to, to, to fly in. But I was working for this factory, and it was a really fun thing because the, the factory was just near the, the flight club. We, we, you could say that, yeah, it's, it's obvious, to, you know, to test the aircraft, they need to have a fuel. Yes, but the cool thing is, you have to cross the road, like the public um, car roads, public road, to, to, to get on the other side of uh, of of the area which was which was where where the um, the the runway was and and literally when i was finishing work i was crossing the road you know finished my my uh, training flights and uh, yeah right after work and it was it was really fun and that's i think it was 2000 uh, when was it i think it was 2016 and i passed my my license but the cool thing is I've landed in a the, the, in a school uh, when I was working for Robin Aircraft. This school was really professional, really professional, and I I really had this um, um, I learned about the structure, about the, the 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 good routines, and also about responsibility because you literally the flight commander and you're the, the captain of whatever you, you, yeah you the flight commander, so you you're responsible for the lives of your passengers. So there is this preparation step, which is, has to be considered like uh, really seriously and professionally, I would say, even if, a, if you are a private pilot and you don't do this for, for a living. Um, so I, 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 that was the first thing. I was, I was blessed that I was working for the factory that was making those uh, training aircraft and also a private aircraft that was learning to fly in. And I was in this very professional school and when I was about to um, and to you know to to, to finish the, the, the preparation um, session you know uh, you have to do like many flight hours and then at one point you have like three solo navigation flights and the big last navigation flight was like a three uh, three um, uh, sorry uh, airports you have to land it and I remember the big uh, last navigation flight was during the Paris attempt, uh, sorry, uh, terrorist attacks. And uh, uh, that was an amazing flight, but I remember when I landed, um, and I landed in, uh, uh, in the first uh, airport, they just, there was like two guards and uh, security guards and just uh, asked me where I was coming from, how many passengers I have, how old I was. Um, you know, my check my ID card, and you know, check my uh, the aircraft logbook and my own logbook. So that was that was pretty. That wasn't stressful at all, but you can see like there is there is like tension uh, in the country, and so the, the, those the terrorist attacks. It was the um, Bataclan attack. There was like many um, small attacks in in Paris, including in uh, restaurants and bars and in these. Uh, Theater, uh, which which was named Bataclan, and I have to 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 admit that it was, it was a pretty tough period. Not for me, but the the, the climate in France was pretty tense, especially like in after uh, a month after uh, uh, I went to Paris uh, for a training. But anyway, back to flying. When I before I I went to the navigation for uh, the, this big navigation, I. 
my uh, flight instructors like anytime you check those the 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 notice the built-ins notice to, to, to see if like uh, if the the airspace is blocked or whatever because that could have been the case that their airspace was blocked only reserved for military aircraft and uh, you know helicopters whatever but it wasn't blocked but anyway uh, so that was the the, the preparation uh, uh, navigation flight and when I was finally ready we booked, you know, the test flights, uh, sorry, the exam flights, so they will test me if I will see if I'm a proper private pilot according to the rules and if I'm safe. And the, um, the guy that was testing me was uh, Mr. Um, Charbonnel, Bernard Charbonnel. He's uh, the member, one of the founders of, of the Breitling Jet team. So you can Google it or... Instagram is a really good uh, social media uh, network, and uh, so it's basically air show um, jet fighters uh, that are sponsored by Breitling, and this guy is the n- number two in the in the in the team. He was a former fighter pilot. He's flying also like legendary machines like uh, the Spitfire. He and I was blasted by his humility. And his uh, capability to to put himself always in um, you know uh, reconsider his point of view and always uh, question every flight. Like say, you know, mate, every flight is you need to reconsider. I mean, you need to how do you say always take take a step back and always respect the the safety routines. And I was so comfortable with the with this guy that I even. I think I even sweared. <laughs> yeah, it's not my, my my nature to swear, but I was so comfortable with the guy. I said I swear during the briefing because like okay, when should we fly? <laughs> I don't remember what I said. Um, but the thing is, uh, so it was the, the guy that was uh, former Brightly Jane team, a really experienced guy, former fighter pilot that was not judging me as a person, but he was only to to examine me. As a pilot, and I, I was really impressed by that. He considered me as a pilot, not as, not as, um, you know, undergrad, undergraduated uh, young pilot as you know, no experience. No, he, he reconsidered me as a potential good pilot. I really appreciated that, and also that he just considered me, considered me like, like his teammate or whatever. Um, I was really impressed, especially when he has that experience. Um, so yeah, we, we did these flights and I, I, we did like, um, the first flight was canceled because of weather and then we did the test on the second flight and, you know, I, I show him, you know, what my, was my preparation, what was the steps, uh, and then we went, we went up flying and then there was this big barrier of clouds that was blocking the way. Um, and he said, okay, what should we do now? Should we stop? Shall we carry on? I said, okay, we stop and we have to do, uh, like to reroute uh, the, the flights in another uh, airport. So that's what we did. And that's where the test really started because in those tests, you see how you adapt to your original flight plan and also how you uh, make decisions. That's really important. So we did the flights. Uh, I won't be too nerdy about the flight. It was an amazing, amazing um, uh, 
you know, amazing fights and all the, the, the exercises we did was amazing. But I remember the most more important thing was when we actually were on the taxiway, we stopped the engine and this silence, you know, of just being sitting in the cockpit with your uh, flight instructor, which is t testing you and, and hearing the, the engine, you know, no, 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 like hearing just silence. It was so loud. The silence was so loud. It, it's crazy to, but it did. It was a loud silence. And then he told me, "So man, how how do you feel about this? Do you, are you happy about your fight?" I like, yeah, I could have done better. Uh, I'm not really satisfied about you know, this and this and this. Oh, okay. You're not satisfied. So he was starting going out of the aircraft and he's like, "Hey man, you have, you have a license. It's okay." And then I just shouted, and this shout was not only uh, a satisfaction of, you know, uh, of passing the the license. No, it was like seeing all the process, all the, those years, and then my dad uh, bringing me to those exams and finally get the exam where I can have the license to fly alone in France with passengers and be recognized an official licensed pilot. That, for me, that was that was that was um, well one of the best day. And the thing is, we did a, a party, uh, a party in in, the, in flight club to to celebrate, you know, my, my license. And I invited uh, Mr. and Mrs. Robin, which are the creators of the Robin Aircraft uh, design, and they are, they are the, the the creators of the um, and they are the founders of the, the company. And actually, the yeah, the company bear the name. Uh, and I was so blessed that he came because they are. Um, they won't come to any like any parties or any you know especially when they don't know the people and they are pretty old people and they, they but I was so uh, blessed and how humble they were with me and how you know how much of a blessing it was for them to to come but if I would have to sum up sum up the whole thing and and, and I've, I've, when I'm also uh, Thinking about the email that my dad sent me seven years ago, I'm so happy and blessed about the process, and I'm so happy I just embraced it and I found it encouraged me to carry on. Uh, and the thing is, I passed my license on the first shot. Some people had it on the third shot. Sorry, in the second shot, I haven't I haven't heard third shot, but still, it's it's pretty tough. And so I had it on the first shot and. And, I've, and the guy that tested me was uh, like a super experienced, humble fighter pilot flying in the Breitling Jab team. And on top of that, uh, I was, after that, flying for Robin Aircraft, for the, the factory I was uh, doing the in internship and working in. One time, the, 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 the sales director came to my desk and said, Nate, you want to fly with me? I said, I don't know. Yeah, of course I want to. And he, he let me fly the, you know, the... The company aircraft, which was like a Diesel 155 Tilot engine, really nice aircraft with the glass cockpit, you know, those really um, um, set of the, the art um, glass cockpits, glass instruments. And he was, he, he wanted me to fly with him uh, to, um, so, so we can do this ferry flight to bring the, the customer's aircraft. So, the plan was he was taking the customer's aircraft and I was taking the, the, the factory aircraft. 
And it was my first time for me also to fly patrol. I never did that before, and it really went well. And actually, I will publish uh, I will publish uh, a video about this today on Instagram TV. Instagram TV was I think it was launched yesterday, and I already post one video, and I think I will post a lot of videos. I don't know if it will be every day, but I will post a lot of videos. But anyway, so you see, like, just the fact that I've embraced the process, and I had my my father uh, encourage me. Uh, I'm happy I've 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 uh, waited. I'm happy I've been patient. I'm happy I I didn't give up. So that's that's um, I think it's a good context <laughs> about the Jolly Daughters and uh, you know who who is talking to the microphone. <laughs> um, but yeah, with that transition transition, I would like to talk about uh, this this weekend, which is a. Uh, uh, super cool racing weekend, uh, and let's let's talk about the Rebel Air Race in Budapest. Those guys, uh, they're actually flying in the, you know, in and the bridges before entering in the track. So, the the, the I, I I I would be more structured. Here. <laughs> the Rebel Air Race is just a um, uh, small aerobatic aircraft that became like race aircraft. Uh, the goal is to to fly and slalom between pylons, inflate the pylons that are um, that stands on the on the ground or on the river, and the goal is to to do the the lap uh, the fastest, uh, to do the fastest lap, and they have to usually they have to do the uh, one lap is is two, um, you have to go two times over the track, and that that's that's one lap. Uh, no, sorry, I'm saying. The the yeah, it's like two laps. Sorry, guys. I'm very sorry. And between those two laps, the transition is a big looping. At the end of the the track, you have to do a big looping to to redo the lap, but in the reverse order. But anyway, I encourage you to go on the Rebel Air Race uh, website. They have a ton of good contents of videos to explain that. And two days is uh, practice free practice day in uh, Budapest. So they. Yesterday they trained uh, the you know the the aircraft settings, but also they they trained to to fly ten meters above the ground it's because before entering the track they have to fly under a bridge and the distance between the bridge and the water is ten meters, so it's pretty pretty extreme. Uh, so they train uh, on the land and they they put like a, a wire uh, between the two inflated pylons. And ten, yeah, and this wire was ten meters above the the ground. So the basically it was really simple. The guys had to, to to fly under the the wire, and train the skill to 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 pre-align before entering on the gates and make sure they have the correct distance, uh, between the canopy and the and the wire. And uh, the cool thing about Budapest is uh, in this city in Hungary. They are flying in front of the Hungarian um, um, uh, Parliament. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, that's the Hungarian Parliament they are flying in front of. And this city is the home city of um, uh, Peter. No, sorry. Yeah, Benson. Yeah, Peter Benson is like the godfather of the World Bull Race. Is the the creator, the 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 the, the mind under the um, behind the the, the Bull Race concept. 
and this track is is pretty narrow, really fast, and really impressive. And they actually have the uh, qualification, I think, is tomorrow, and the race day is on Sunday. Um, so I really encourage you to check it out. Uh, we have uh, the we have the live on on the, the Rebel Race website. You can check it out. And I'm following, of course, the French pilots. Uh, we have one French pilot in the master class and two other French pilots in the challenger class, with just uh, the rookies and also the guys that are entering the that will soon enter enter the master class. But I'm especially following Daniel Rifa, uh, we, who is the, the Swedish pilot. And the reason I'm following him is because this guy is a true racer uh, and he lives in the same city as I do in Engerholm. So it's pretty impressive and this guy is really humble, but he is really badass when it comes to uh, to racing. But that will be another episode to, to talk about him. Um, and actually Budapest, I think Budapest 2015 was a really good success for him. He, I think he won the, the Challenger race uh, in Budapest 2015. And he, um, uh, his style of flying, his body language, you know, on the, on the track was really a masterclass um, level. So that's why I'm, I'm just... I'm watching him closely to see how he will uh, progress in the race, but I'm pretty curious about uh, yeah his progress. So that was the um, you know the aviation racing part, uh, but when it comes to um, car, uh, uh, sorry the uh, yeah the F1, we have the French Grand Prix in um, in uh, Paul Ricard uh, circuit, and they they are currently doing the free practice, and. It's pretty cool because I can follow the you know the, the live action on the on the F1 app. I strongly recommend you the the app because you can like have seen looking at the you can look at the 3D track uh, and following the the comment uh, the how I call this yeah the commenters um, and also you can see the the uh, the, the cars moving you can. Uh, zoom on a on a turn, but anyway, I just let you go, download the app and play with it, um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool way to to follow it. So j just listen to it. It's the the commenter's radio. And then long running with high fuel and seeing what the tires gonna be like in the race. And that's another thing with the with the track that's new to the calendar for. So you see here, the, 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 we even have uh, Grosjean, um, uh, the, the French pilot in the Haas team, uh, which, uh, who is training right now. So just a fun story uh, to have a good uh, through, uh, transition, sorry, connection between aviation and uh, F1. I've been flying private, or, sorry, we've been flying private over the uh, Paul Ricard circuit. Um, we did this uh, uh, long trip from uh, Dijon, East France, until the uh, Isola de Elba. It's a small island uh, east of Corsica. It's a small um, Italian island, like a paradise island. And uh, as we were returning uh, to France, because yeah, from we flew like uh, from Isola de Elba, uh, Corsica, then south south of France. 
we stopped at uh, Paul, Paul Ricard circuit. And it's insane because I had the opportunity actually to volunteer in this race as a yeah as host uh, to um, to greet the, the you know the visitors and the, all the fans that will um, attend the the race there. Uh, but I couldn't because of the you know the schedules of the planning and and you have to choose sometimes you don't have to you can't do everything that's a fact you can't do everything you can do a lot of things but you can't do everything. So I'm following my also my friends on Facebook uh, that are posting some pictures and I'm following also on Instagram the, the F1. Um, and just to do like um, a leadership uh, a leadership uh, notes, um, uh, Fernando Alonso, who is the pilot in McLaren Racing, uh, has been part of the team who won the 24 hours of uh, Le Mans. Uh, I think it was last week. Uh, and this guy is also racing in the um, uh, IndyCars uh, uh, in the US. And I'm really impressed about uh, this guy's skills to, you know, to, to click and adapt from different formats of race. And I will um, quote uh, autosport.com. Uh, who has the, those guys have a really good website and a really good Instagram uh, post, uh, sorry, uh, Instagram uh, account, and they quoted Fernando Alonso about uh, his um, opinion on the uh, motorsports and uh, yeah motorsports world right now. So I will quote him: "In the modern era of motor racing, this was not the normal thing to do." In the last two decades, I think we were more into professional drivers in one discipline, maximizing the skills in that discipline. So what we are doing now is quite going back a couple of decades and changing motorsports, and I'm happy to lead that change. What we've done over the past years is probably a revolution for motorsport. So I think Alonso is, is aware of you know, about the context, because of course he's a driver, but I don't think um, this change in motorsports is uh, uh, happening right now. It, I think it's happening, it's been happened like probably the past three years. Uh, if I think about one of the greatest um, uh, rally car driver, uh, Sebastian Loeb, that uh, was nine, time, nine times world champion, He's also race, racing on Pikes Peak, which is uh, who, uh, when he had a great success there, he even won, the, he, he, he smashed the record. Uh, he's also racing on the, I think it's a WTCC, no, I, I won't go too far here, I don't exactly remember the, the format. Um, but he's also racing on the, 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 the Dakar uh, series. Um, and uh, he's also doing rallycross. So and he's he's been actually um, racing two times in twenty four hours of Le Mans. So I think those this kind of um, um, this kind of uh, uh, how you say this of move was already happening in motorsports uh, earlier, like probably even three or five years ago. Um, so yeah, I I I, I think F one is a good. Um, um, it's good labor laboratory of um, 
of uh, you know the context of motorsports and how the the motorsports is moving but we have also to look global with the you know rallycross and and currently also the rebel race which becomes um pretty much equal as if one uh, at least that their that's their ambition but i see red bull race as a good um, competitor for the f1 event so let's finish up with the with the sales aircraft review so it was um, it was last uh, when was it it was last week when i uh, renewed my uh, uh, single engine pilot uh, rating i've been in this fly and drive um, events local event in the, so that was the flight club in the, of Höganes it was western uh, western uh, sweden um, they did this event where you have old muscle cars or american cars from the 80s 70s they were uh, even for the 60s they were uh, gathering in the Höganes flight club and I think we had over three, no, sorry, 300, 30 cars, and it was nine aircraft, and if I counted uh, correctly, no, it was actually 10 aircraft, because the 10th aircraft was uh, Arbatic aircraft, it was a Yak 55, and this aircraft was like, wow, uh, it's, it's, it's a star engine, so it sounds like a, a an old... Um, World War II uh, aircraft, and the guy was doing uh, aerobatic this um, presentation um, to entertain the crowd. And I was talking with one of my good friends and also teammate from uh, the factory, uh, from the yeah from the factory walking in, and we were talking about buying the the Yak fifty five. How how much it will cost and for for what use because. When you purchase something, especially an aircraft, you need a vision. What will be the vision for this aircraft? Is it for like A to B fly? Is it for long, long, uh, long flights, or is it just for 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 fun, just to to train your flying skills? And I think the Yak fifty five is to more to to um, to sharpen your your skills about flying, but also about aerobatics. Uh, it's about accuracy, respecting the speed. Entry and uh, entry speed, and also the the angles how you, you roll the aircraft. Um, so I, w- I would go on. Uh, was it Pilot Magazinet? It's the uh, one of the good reference in the um, uh, Swedish aviation world, at least for um, uh, general aviation. So. You can list, you can check the, uh, you know, you can sort by ca- categories. Uh, you have airplanes, helicopter, gyrocopter. So obviously we'll go with the, with um, airplanes. And I will check up the Yak 55 price because we've been looking uh, for an announce of uh, Yak 55. So let me check. We are running down. And we're pretty surprised about the price because it's... Uh, um, it's a fuel demanding aircraft. <laughs> uh, so this aircraft was uh, the 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 announce I'm looking at is uh, is sold by Per Noren. So Per, if you're listening, thank you for for posting the announce. So the Yak fifty five it was built in uh, Russia uh, in nineteen ninety, 
uh, and it flew the first time on 2002. So it flew 183 hours, which is pretty, pretty short. It's not a lot, uh, and that's the the flight time uh, up to the 10th of May 2018. Um, so blah, 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 we have some cool uh, technical data. Let's be not too nerdy, but hey, I don't have the price. I thought I had the price. Well, I'm sorry, guys. Price, contact me. Amazing. <laughs> so contact the guy. Uh, but I would say for this kind of aircraft, we, 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 we've been looking on the, the analysis. It's probably, you should cruise around 40,000 40, euros uh, for a Yak-55, which is pretty cheap. Um, actually, I don't know if I can call per. Let's try it. Let's go per. I will actually call. Yeah, guys, because I want to be faithful and professional uh, to what I told you, which is having facts. Jolly Daughters is a fact. So uh, I will call per. Okay, guys. So I'm sorry. I've been. He uh, didn't allow me to to to, to publish the the call in the, in the podcast. But all in all, the, um, the aircraft is uh, around 50,000 euros. So we was, I was uh, pretty close. I was thinking about 40,000, but it's around 50,000. I won't give you the accurate price. I'll let you call Per. Uh, you just go and pilot uh, Magazinet, and then you can see the, his number and call him directly. But yes, I think it's a pretty good uh, investment, especially for this uh, kind of aircraft. It's, it's a, for narrow, uh, like a new uh state of the art arbitric aircraft you should count between like 400,000 300,000 euros um but yes that was that was interesting that was really interesting and i i love this uh this aircraft is just rough and and strong uh yes guys so that was the end of the podcast jolly daughters um i hope you enjoyed it and i'm um, available through uh, many platforms like uh google podcasts uh, I think Stitcher also, uh, Radio Public, and of course Anchor. Uh, and through Anchor, you can post some uh, message. And uh, so if you want to me to answer some questions, please feel free. And uh, so I wish you a very happy midsummer. Glad midsommar in svenska, in Swedish. And um, we s- I see you uh, next week uh, for the next uh, Jolly Daughters podcast. Uh, and the release is, of course, every Friday at four o'clock. Sorry, sixteen o'clock UTC every week. And I hope you enjoyed it. Peace, guys.